Greetings. Welcome to the Legacy Drawing Board, the podcast that wants you to build a better legacy by applying the principles of good design. I'm your host, Ron Fong. In this episode, we'll look at how apologies and condolences can help define our legacies. We tend to think about legacies in terms of our high points, whether they're uh, personal achievements or professional achievements, perhaps raising a family, uh, having a distinguished career, or uh, winning awards. Yet at the same time, our legacy is not always going to be defined by the good times. Our legacy will also be defined of how we handle the bad times, the difficult times. And that's where apologies and condolences come together. I believe both are rooted in Dieter Ram's fourth and fifth principles of good design. That is understandability and unobtrusiveness. Basically, when you combine the two, you're asking, can you walk in the shoes of others without stepping on their toes? For both, the focus is on others, not ourselves. And in both situations, we want to do something. We want to do something badly. And at times, we might wind up putting ourselves before others. And that's something to be cautious about, something to be very aware of. Because in both instances, it's about the other person first and us second. Let's start with the apology. The apology would usually be needed when a situation is tension-filled, when there's conflict, when emotions are running high. And let's walk it through. It's probably a situation in which you have wronged someone and they let you know it. Now, how do you respond? Again, going through the principle of being understandable and not being obtrusive and putting the person first. We have a tendency to want to be first. We want to say, I'm sorry. But before doing that, have we acknowledged the hurt that we have caused the other, the other individual? And that's when you take the time to understand their point of view, to understand their story and provide a narrative that aligns with it to give some details of what led up to that hurt and how you are responsible for it. It's really giving context uh, to the content. So it's more, it's beyond, I'm sorry. This is why I'm sorry. I acknowledge what I've done and I want to correct it. Conversely, is that our legacies will also be defined of how we accept an apology. When someone has uh, the foresight to come forward to us and they're in a vulnerable position, how do we react? Are we gracious enough to accept their apology? Forgiveness is a gift for both parties. Obviously, when you forgive someone, it relieves them of a burden of them feeling bad that they have wronged you. But at the same time, it's a gift to you. It frees you up. You're no longer tied to that burden. You're no longer hanging on to that grudge. Anger dissipates. It's not going to cloud your emotions. It's not going to cloud your judgment. And anger is an anchor that will stop you from moving on, that will stop you from building your legacy. Or it might be very unfortunate. That may be define your legacy. Do you want your legacy to be one filled with bitterness when you cannot overlook or forgive any slight. But with the apologies, there's the dynamics of both being 
off being able to offer it and also being able to accept it. And that's one of the things about legacies. It's a dynamic process. And again, are you thinking about others first? Because when you accept the apology, you're not thinking about yourself. You're not thinking that I'm going to get even. I'm going to extract my pound of flesh. You're going to say, I see how that person feels badly. I see how that person is in a vulnerable position. And I'm not going to take advantage of it. I'm not going to make the situation worse. I'm going to move on. And I want that person to move on. I want that person to also build a better legacy. The second part is condolences. And there is a contrast to that in terms of situations where we offer condolences. And obviously the one that comes to mind is when someone loses a loved one. You tend to be in alignment with that individual, unlike the apology where there's conflict. That person is grieving, you're grieving. That person is weeping, you're weeping. And there's a tremendous sense of loss which may lower uh, keep the energy low, unlike um, an apology where the conflict is you know, tension-filled and emotions are running high. Here, the emotions may be running high, but the person may be at such a loss that they're really subdued, they're lost. And again, where do we start? We start by placing their wants before our wants. And what does that person want or what does that person need at this time? This individual who's sustained, who has suffered a tremendous loss, needs time to grieve. We can't gloss over it. We can't make them feel better and put on a Pollyannish spin on it. You know, the days of treating people like children where you can make things better by giving them an ice cream or a treat. In our adult lives, that's just not the way it works. So acknowledge that their pain, again, you acknowledging them, their pain, their loss, getting an inkling of what they're going through and allowing them to grieve because they need to go through that. They need to go through the healing process. They need the time and space to grieve. Now, with condolences, unlike, I think, the apologies, hopefully the apology is a one-and-done deal, or at least it's been um, satisfied. You Hopefully the person won't ask that you keep apologizing over and over. With condolences, it's more an extended process. When a person loses a loved one, the condolences or your support doesn't end at the funeral. In fact, that once the funeral is over, oftentimes the individual is left alone. And how you continue your support or how you extend the condolences is that you check up on that individual. You ask and sometimes it, the conversation doesn't need to be extended. It doesn't need to be um, a lot of great deal of words. It's the fact that if you are there, that you show that you care and that you, again, grieve with them. Uh, that so many times we want people to get over it uh, because we want them to move on. We want them to snap out of it. And everyone's going to grieve at a different pace in a different uh, way. And we need to be respectful of that. For condolences, it may be a lengthy process and it may require for us to be extremely patient. But again, that's where we're not going to be obtrusive. 
We're not going to impose our timeline on their timeline. And we're going to try to understand that some wounds, some losses run very deep, and it will take time. In these two instances about the apologies and condolences, how you comfort others will go a long way in defining your legacy. Your legacy, again, is your every thought, word, and deed. Are you thinking about others, what they need? Are your words comforting? Are they in a position where you are, will humble yourself? And your deeds, is that times when maybe words aren't needed, but the deed is that you show up, you take ownership, you take responsibility, and you are present and that you are responsive when they need you. Again, we would love to think of our legacies as being all, you know, bright moments. And, and I hope that many, I hope that your legacies are filled with many bright moments. But life will throw us curves. We will go through desert moments. We'll go through periods of intense uh, darkness. And sometimes it's because of something that we did. Uh, how we hurt others, whether it's intentional or unintentional, because we haven't matured, we haven't uh, grown, or we haven't thought about our legacies. Sometimes those dark moments are when we didn't do anything, but because the people in our lives are important to us, we want to stay connected. We want we want to help them continue with their legacies and not have their legacies be cut off, uh, not have it be derailed because they're in such a dark place that they can't move forward. So our legacies are intertwined with the legacies of our families, our friends, the people we come in contact with, whether they're our neighbors, our co-workers. And that's the power of legacy. Uh, you'll never know quite how you will touch someone but the fact is that when someone's in your life, you do have opportunities to touch them. You have opportunities to connect with them and for you to be cognizant that these are moments that we share and the moments that we can um, be cooperative and help build each other up. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope this is of some benefit uh, for you. Please send your comments, your critiques to my email address, which is rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. And the next episode, I'll talk about whether you are qualified to be the CEO of your legacy. Until then, please be kind to yourself and take the time and care to nurture your legacy. Because when you do, we all benefit.